0: So close and yet so far for Norwich City. Doesn't that just sum up their season? It was another case of that at Old Trafford on Saturday. They, of course, got beaten 3-2 by Manchester United. A Cristiano Ronaldo hat-trick will undoubtedly dominate the headlines uh, in the national newspapers and certainly in some of the analysis of this game. But that certainly doesn't tell the whole story. Um, welcome back to the pinkin.com Nory City podcast in association with Future Radio, Connor Southwell, joined by Paddy Davitt to review that epic game at Old Trafford yesterday. Uh, it was it was entertaining. It was um, frustrating in points. It was disappointing in the end for Nory City, Paddy, but probably in terms of performance, given what we spoke about after Brighton and about them showing positivity and reasons for optimism for maybe what comes beyond this season, a step in the in the right direction, would you say?
1: For me, definitely, Connor. Yeah, I think, um, you know, ultimately, I, I, I'd I kind of almost resign myself if that's the right word, pre-Brighton, that, you know, it was, it was going to be beyond them. You know, the, the Brentford game, the Leeds game, the manner of those defeats uh, against teams who at those respective stages were within catching distance. And, you know, Dean Smith said after the Brentford win, you know, that put them, I think, 10 points clear and almost over the hill. And they've, they've of course, kicked on now as as of Leeds. And I think at that point it was okay. You know, they, they need to, to show us something in the block of games that remain that you can almost look towards next season now and, and see particularly, you know, which was increasingly the, the charge being laid at Dean Smith was what is what is the Dean Smith team about? What are they trying to do on the ball? You know, what is the identity You would associate with a Norwich City team casting Dean Smith's image. We 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 didn't really see any of that in in and up to that period. But I, I think Brighton, to a lesser extent, because that was you know a pretty pretty grueling watch and and really owed more to Brighton's profligacy in front of goal that day. But they did get a point. It was a clean sheet built on it with the win over Burnley. And okay, no more points to add to the tally. But I think. Another episode at Old Trafford. In the main, yes, we'll get into the the negatives, but in the main, more positives and more for me, certainly evidence of players who in the right kind of setup and shape, you can see how that would work and certainly how that would function very well in the championship, which is clearly where Norwich are heading. So yeah, I think on balance, as Dean Smith said, it'll be a disappointing one to take the result, but performance wise, a lot of pleasing facets and um and the trend now feels certainly in terms of positivity in an upward curve rather than, you know, the thrashing about that we were getting kind of certainly after the Brentford, certainly after the Leeds games. And that needs to continue. It isn't enough for me now to, to sort of have two or three games of respite and, OK, yeah, now we can see it. We can see what a Dean Smith-Norwich might look like. They need to continue on now. and it, And if they get some results along the way, you would hope that would be the case, but I think the bigger issue, the bigger picture, sorry, is, you know, where we're at come the start of next season in terms of, yeah, right, they're ready to go now. There's players here who are good enough to take Norwich on again and and almost start a new cycle and a new new positive cycle under Dean Smith.
0: Yes, absolutely, and it was uh, it, it was certainly, I, I felt, a, a step in the right direction. Of course, where Norwich City are this season and, and the position they're in at this moment in time, they can't really afford um, to operate in any other currency other than points at this moment in time. They uh, After yesterday's results, sit uh, still bottom of the Premier League table, seven points behind Everton, who now have two, point, uh, two games rather in hand. They can, of course, go ten points clear of Norwich if they beat Leicester at home on Wednesday, although Leicester have picked up their form somewhat, so they've won three of their Last five Everton have won two of their last five, with three defeats in there. So um, it does look increasingly a tall order. I think, as you said, Pat. I think most people maybe now probably resign. They're looking for elements of of what comes next at Norwich City. But if if we kind of bring that back a little bit and speak about now, does half the battle with Norwich City at the moment? If you look at the goals they conceded yesterday all of which to Cristiano Ronaldo, of course. And uh, and that is exactly what he's there at Manchester United to do, because an open play, I thought he was relatively ordinary. But in the moments that matter, he, of course, has the quality that decides games. But half of Norwich City's battle feels like, not necessarily against their opponents, but often again, it feels like they're battling themselves. I mean, Ben Gibson maybe is, is, is the best example of that from yesterday, but countless others throughout this season.
1: Yeah, and... Yeah, if you you sort of want to dive deeper in that direction, I mean, is it, is it ultimately that the quality isn't isn't there across the entire, you know, breadth of the squad slash 11? And, you know, I don't dispute Ben Gibson. We, 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 we'll, we'll sort of focus in on him because he was, you know, front and centre really of those first two goals. Uh, not in a good way, obviously, as anybody was present or has subsequently seen the highlights. Um, following on again, you know, I keep talking about the Brentford game, but... Really, it was his rashness and, and poor decision making at key moments that tilted that game, you know, firmly in Brentford's favourite car road. And and to, to keep repeating the cycle, you know, it, it does does lead you to think that, you know, maybe at the top level he's not consistently because it's worth noting that after Brentford, you know, he, I think he was dropped for the next game, but he did come back in uh, and was good. It was good in, in recent games. I thought Burnley and Brighton he was good, both of those both games. So you know, there's a player there who can, on his day, maybe, you know, step up, but can he over the entire piece? And, you know, is that, you know, because he's an honest lad as well, does he maybe have somewhere in his, in his, you know, darkest and deepest recesses? Maybe he feels a bit like a few others in this Norwich team. Are they actually Premier League quality? Are they week in, week out, good enough to be on the pitches with the Ronaldo's, even a 37-year-old Ronaldo? Um, Because you know to be continually making these basic individual errors it's it's not a good sign it's not a, it's not a good sign it's you know ultimately for norwich to have got anything really at old Trafford, they need to be foot perfect and, and whatever else you know I do or do, didn't do on the day um you know norwich have to be faultless they can't gift as they did with ben gibson you know 7 minutes in all the the fractious backdrop with supporters outside protesting against the ownership, and um, certainly those players on the pitch firmly in the uh, in the eye of, of the storm because they haven't, in the eyes of a lot of those Norwich, uh, sorry, United supporters, really performed to the levels they would have expected. Certainly, matching the kind of heritage of that club in, in recent modern times, and you know all of that, and then he stands on the ball or he tries a, a silly move to drag the ball away from Anthony Alanga, who pinches it, squares it. Ronaldo open goal, easiest goal he's probably scored in his very long and very illustrious career. And uh, you just think, why why do Norwich and why has Ben Gibson made that so easy for them to get their noses in front? Because the longer that game goes, and we saw evidence, ample evidence of that in the second half, when Norwich got back to 2-2. That crowd were baying, you know, you're not fit to wear the shirt. That was a very, very audible chant directed towards those United players. The stick that Pogba got when he was taken off, um, on and on and on. And and in that context, Norwich had to be very resolute, give nothing away, ratchet up the pressure minute by minute, get their noses in front even better. And then, you know, the place could have exploded and, and not in a good way from a United point of view. So for an experienced player to do what he did, As he did against Brentford, you know, there's other examples through the rest of the season. You know, it's it's we have to be harsh, but I don't think he's Premier League grade. And uh, and if they slip back, as he showed two seasons ago, you know, he he will do a more than possible impression at the Championship because he's you know he is he is a good defender. There's no doubt about it. But I just think at, at the level Norwich are striving to compete at and sustain themselves at. Uh, he's won firmly in the bracket that isn't good enough. And and it's just a shame, you know, that Andrew Mbama-Daly and, and this back issue has essentially curtailed his second half of his season because, you know, without wanting to load all the expectancy onto his shoulders, we'd seen enough, I think, in a Norwich shirt and a Republic of Ireland shirt to feel that this kid's you know, quite a special talent. And and him alongside Hanley, um, I, 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 I think... You know that's the way forward, and, and obviously there's a there's a wider issue about Grant Hanley and whether he stays beyond the summer and whether there's interest in him. But if it was to be Hanley and Obama Daily moving forward, I think you you you're set there for a championship campaign, but then also maybe hopefully the following season you're back in the Premier League. So fundamentally, you know Ronaldo, as Dean Smith said, gets the headlines, but goals were handed to him on a platter, and and that that isn't by any manner of means meant to single Ben Gibson out because there's others who I I think fall in the same category in this Norwich squad and we don't need to go and list them all now, but, you know, ultimately you're making that volume of errors week in, week out. Um, It's not going to end well and it won't end well in terms of league status. So it's harsh, but, but that's what Dean Smith now needs to decide, you know, which of those players uh, are good enough, not simply for another season of championship football, but beyond. And that's what will frame so much of the debate moving forward into the summer that, if they're ever going to break the cycle and yes, we don't need to get into the self funded model and the perceived limitations of that, because that's a different debate. But, but in terms of on the pitch with the playing resource available, if they're ever going to break the cycle and stay up and then build from there, then, you know, they they need to source players who won't make the residual mistakes that uh, some of these players do make. and And that's the top and bottom of it really, because, you know, if it was a one-off and we hadn't seen that from Ben Gibson before Saturday, then, you know, you cut him some slack. But, you know, we only go, go back to the Brentford game and, 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 and it's the same. It's the same. It's, you know, whether, whether it's a, a lack of confidence in his own ability or whether it is just at the highest level, any error, any sort of dwelling on the ball, any indecision, you know, whether that's mental or physical, will get punished. And particularly when you, you're playing against... The attacking quality that United do possess, irrespective of how well or not that season's panning out in terms of their expectations, you know, you know, if you if you if you give Ronaldo an open goal six yards, well, ten yards out, we'll say, or even you know the second goal, you know, Ben Gibson split second too slow that trigger move from Ronaldo, the ball is great from Alex Tellez. it's a tremendous leap, which is what he's got in his locker. He's he's brilliant in the air. But don't make it easy for him, as Dean Smith said. The, the battle's lost when Ben Gibson tries to rise with him. The battle's lost because uh, he needed to be in front of him, blocking that run and preventing him from getting anywhere near that Tellez cross. And again, these are very fine margins. But at the highest, highest level, against let's be honest, the Dean Smith said on Friday, a player who won multiple Ballon d'Ors, the best player in the world. You know, even at 37 years of age, that's all it takes. Fractions of indecision and you will be ruthlessly punished. And Norwich have been, both this season and last time in the Premier League. Um, and they know that, but ultimately, you know, if you're Dean Smith, it's not as if he's got too many more options in the centre of his defence now, as he would. No, I'm no cab back. So, for me, I think Gibson will play again against Newcastle. Um, and he may well play very well, but, but you just feel that him and others, there's always too many mistakes in them at this level.
0: Yeah, exactly that. And and I think that's probably what makes it frustrating when when you boil it down. Like you say players make mistakes uh, and uh, and that is to be expected I think it's the regularity of which those mistakes have arrived and you you boil down and dig into Cristiano Ronaldo's hat-trick yesterday one came from from a Norwich City mistake as you as you said Ben Gibson giving the ball away the second was a, a set piece where they didn't block his run and he was able to get a run on Ben Gibson uh, and, and the third was a, a free kick that Tim Krul probably should have saved so you look at all of those free goals um, none of them really came from Manchester United cutting through Norwich City, they came from errors and they came from maybe disappointing moments where, as Dean Smith said after the game, you would expect better from the players involved. But to contrast that, I mean, this this was maybe one of Norwich City's best attacking displays of the season. I think that's that's probably fair to to say, I mean, I've got, I've got some of the statistics in front of me, uh, whether you like expected goals or, or whether you don't. Norwich City um, am- amassed higher than the Manchester United did. Um, shots on target were, were very good as well. All, all of those statistics suggest that Norwich City were effective going forward. And, and, and this kind of new counter-attacking side that we've seen in the last two games, where Timipuki and Milo Rashica look to stretch defences and Kieran Dow comes a little bit shorter to connect them, Seems to be paying dividends, Pat. It it looked very effective and and hurt a Manchester United side who, once you bypass their midfield, Norwich, I think, actually found that there was lots of space.
1: Yeah, and 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 the real frustration is that I'm not going to say they, they've stumbled into this sort of mix because clearly they haven't. You know, we go back to the Burnley game; it was very similar in terms of you know D. Smith and Shakespeare looked at it, felt Burnley was susceptible to transitions, as he calls them, counter attacks, and um, and and set a team out and and personnel in that team to exploit that. And it was the same, again, in their most fertile periods at Old Trafford. You know, um, again, United so vulnerable. Maybe that's part of the reason why Pogba seems to be a persona non grata. That You know, him and Fernandez, uh, Lingard, you know, they wasn't offering that protection between the Lions and Norwich in that maybe 10 minutes before half-time through to Puki's equaliser. They were just pouring through and, and it felt like every time they got on the ball and got anywhere sort of over the halfway line, um, that there was something there for them and as I say, you know, there looks to be a cohesiveness to Norwich set up in that way to count the teams rather than more so in Barker's previous seasons, but but even at the start of this season, you know, wishing to, you know, construct a team that were, were better in possession and maybe control games through possession I think it's been proven that Norwich haven't got the players, certainly in midfield areas, um, to allow them to do that. So you need to find a diff- different way. And and the last two games, albeit you know one win, one defeat, but um, but that that looks a Norwich team who can cause Premier League sides problems and. The frustration now is that there's only six games left. It isn't that you know we've took, we've just turned into January and there's there's a very big block of games left. and you could you could go with that approach and basically invite teams on, you know, and and and, and look to be solid defensively in the main with the protection of a Norman or a, or a Kenny McLean as it has been in these first last two games from the start of games at least, and and then release release Rashid to Malou, Malu Dowell, and of course what that has done fundamentally, and he's on the score sheet again uh, at Old Trafford, is really transformed Timu Puki's effectiveness because, you know, he's gone from back to goal, um, isolated, really doing so much work outside the box and, and limited amounts of opportunities inside the box to the player we've seen his devastating best previously in an in Norwich shirt. You know, balls being fed through the channels so he can make those very intelligent runs off, as it was on Saturday, Lindelof at Maguire, and 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 running through with keeper to beat. And, uh, you know, that was his goal on Saturday. Brilliant ball from Dal. Reverse ball through two United players. Perfectly timed. Uh, there was a check, but he's onside. He's gone through composure and uh, he's beaten De Gea at his near post. And, and he had a similar opportunity three minutes in. And maybe we'll put that down to he was a little bit cold uh, in terms of, you know, the shooting boots. But, but it was a good save from De Gea. He came out quick and, and got his right shoulder up. But... You know, following on from Burnley, he, he in this type of team is a far more effective weapon, and uh, you know, it is, it is. The more I think about it now, it's hugely frustrating that it looks like Norwich have found a formula which can be effective, but the game is already up. So, um, but you know, as we've said at the start of this pod, moving into what's next, if we continue on this trajectory of the remaining six games and, and you see more evidence of that, and Puki's. You know, having chances created for him, he's taking those chances. Um, they're really putting teams on the back foot. Then there has to be a, a healthy degree of optimism. While still, I'm sure that the post mortem on another relegation will be will be pretty pretty forensic, and, and there may be some guns trained on certain sporting director and, and recruitment. Um, but if you can get past that, you you can begin to see the beginnings of something which could be very effective in the championship. So, um, yeah, it's it's good. We're seeing it, but tinged with, well, why can't we see this a bit sooner? Well, why why were not Shakespeare and Smith maybe able to deconstruct it a bit sooner? And they might turn around and say, well, you know, it's, it's all well and good saying that, but, you know, Norman's only come back in, in recent times. You know, they've, they've been without Pookie for periods. Rashid was out. You know, it's very hard to maybe, maybe get to a point that, you were looking to do if the personnel isn't available for whatever reason, but you know, it is what it is and Norwich have had to deal with that. Um, but there's no doubt. Yeah. The way United were, were vulnerable to, to the way Norwich were trying to play the game in that second half, particularly um, that bodes well, very well for, for the longer term future, if not what, what happens between now and, and the end of this season.
0: Yeah. Just, just finally uh, on, on the game then, because I, um want to move on to some other topics and maybe some some players individually um there's been a fair amount after this game of uh, of noise on on social media should we say about uh, the substitutions and uh, and the timing of the substitutions and why they were made on on 74 minutes Norris City took off Kenny McLean uh, who was struggling I think with have uh, and Dean Smith said after the game that, that uh, there's fears that he's broken his toe um and they also took off Kieran Dow someone who as as you said there made a real impact and um scored and assisted at Old Trafford yesterday and after the game he uh, he said to us that he has been dealing with a, a little bit of a hamstring concern throughout the week so when you look at those two individually and uh, and maybe put them in the context of what Smith has said and what Dowler said they maybe make more sense but actually a lot of it was around how Norwich City lost momentum and uh, and they did certainly from an attacking perspective but equally Gilmore and, uh, and Pujeta who came on on, on 75 minutes um, weren't responsible for the reason Norwich City conceded on 76 minutes when Ronaldo put a free kick in the top corner. And, and from there, I felt actually United managed the, the game a lot better. They brought on the manumatic, their midfield was a bit more compact. It was then into game management mode, wasn't it? So what do you make of the criticism that Dean Smith has got for Norwich City substitutions at that point, albeit they did look, and, and certainly from what uh, both Smith and, and Dowler said, felt necessary as well in, in that particular moment?
1: Well, that's, that's the answer. I don't, I don't understand why you or how a head coach can be criticised if you've got a player with a broke, suspected broken foot and another player who was, yeah, as Dean Smith said, didn't train a huge amount during the week. And if he's, you know, revealed he had a bit of a hamstring problem. Um, ultimately, both of those decisions were effectively out of Dean Smith's hands. It wasn't that he suddenly decided, I know this is working very well. We've really got him on the back foot. I'll change it now and uh, and throw the, throw the pieces up in the air again. So, that doesn't doesn't really stack up for me. Uh, and the other point you make, I think, is a fair one as well. You know, anybody wanting to portray, oh, Gilmore came on. They suddenly conceded. They got beat. It's all Gilmore's fault. If we want to get down that, that path, I think <laughs> um, ultimately it wasn't Billy Gilmore who conceded the free kick. It wasn't Billy Gilmore who, who paddled the ball into his net. So, And I think the psychological element of that, you can see in, in the immediate aftermath when that ball hits the back of the net, Ronaldo runs off delirious those Norwich players, they were gone, you know, heads down, um, air's gone out of them. You know, it was almost like we've, we've expended all of this energy and fight and spirit to get back on level terms. And then this happens. It's almost, you know, like it's not meant to be. And um, yes, they tried to rouse themselves and Poeta, you know, there was an opportunity there when the ball got fed into him and he's, you know, Again, he just wants to get it on his left all all the time. He's in the right back slot. He should be pulling the trigger with his right, but by trying to pull it back onto his left, he's allowed. I think it was Maguire to come and close the door. But Rashida he, he, Norman found him in a similar spot spot, and he couldn't get shot away. There was there was opportunities, just it, it didn't feel that the the tide was with him at that point. Post Ronaldo's free kick winner, and uh, I'd be more inclined to look at maybe the the psychological element of that, and and just really, you know, it was almost how do we rouse ourselves again kind of thing, rather than, you know, pretty unfairly for me, if anybody's sort of attributing that to Gilmore's arrival. Um, I think if Kenny McLean had, had not pulled up lame, Kenny McLean remains on the pitch. So we were, we, we don't see Gilmore. Puerta, well, clearly he, he might have felt tiring legs in the United ranks in the final stages with his pace. You could maybe exploit it, stretch the game. Johnny Rowe came on as well a little bit later. Maybe that was part of the same thinking. Um, but again, you know, Dow scores Dow assists Dow's looking like a a very creative effective force. I don't think he comes off the pitch if he's not struggling with a bit of an injury um and ultimately that flows back to what we just said earlier that you know there's, there's maybe a path Dean Smith wants, wants to go down but it, but if if there's injury or illness, then it's very hard to continue down that path if you don't feel you've got other similar type options and and yeah. I don't think Pueta is uh has got Kieran Dow's ability on the ball and, and maybe Gilmore doesn't have McLean's drive on the ball. So really it's it's more, as I say, the circumstances rather than, you know, Dean Smith has turned round and, and made some poor selection calls in terms of his substitutes. I don't see that at all. Um he was forced to make them. So, you know, what 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 is he is he supposed to do? I mean you could argue could Sorensen have come on instead of Gilmore? Would they have been any less effective? Would they have been maybe more solid? Um, you know, that's that's a good point. But then, you know, that flows. I think basically anybody who's going down that path is flowing it back into the Gilmore debate. And for me, he shouldn't, shouldn't really be involved now. I think the ship sailed. Norwich aren't going to stay up. He's not going to be here next season. What do Norwich achieve or, or get out of terms of the forward-thinking elements of the strategy now playing Billy Gilmore? So, for me... I would have liked to have seen Sorensen on if he was going to have to make a change. Um, Dean Smith sees it differently. He obviously thinks Billy Gilmore could have given him that control. You know, there was one free kick, which we know. You know, he's produced goals from free kicks this season. Wolves, uh, there was a corner that Grant Hanley scored uh, against Southampton, Smith's first win. So he has that ability from dead ball situations, like him or, or not like him. Um, but unfortunately, he hit this one too far over Grant Hanley at the back post and the, and the chance went. So... Yeah, for me, Gilmore shouldn't really be even part of a debate now. But I, I certainly think it's very harsh to to h- hinge his arrival with Poeta in those circumstances as Dean Smith uh, lost the plot. Uh, I don't think that was the case yesterday.
0: No, I'm going to mount a little bit of a defence for Billy Gilmore because I didn't think he was too bad when he came on yesterday. And actually, it could have been Andrea Pirlo that Norwich brought onto the pitch. That it still have been 3-2 down because I don't think either him or Poeta touched the ball before Ronaldo fired it into the... Into the net uh, via Tim Krull's palms. So, I mean, Billy Gilmore his passing numbers are, are usually pretty good, and I don't think that's the issue. Maybe many supporters have with him, but um, no player, no Norwich player, um, set up more shots than Billy Gilmore did, and he was only on the pitch for 23 minutes. And there was one pass to Rashidza in particular that was um, that was very good down that right hand side as well. I think sadly, the, the image that Norwich fans are going to be left with is that pass very late on, which he put out out of touch just in front of them, and that. Ultimately, will be the 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 one that they go away with. But I didn't think that he was uh, he, uh, certainly felt he was more effective than Shemeswav Poheta when he came on yesterday, and probably John Rowe as well, albeit John Rowe, only he got fifteen minutes. So I, I would agree with your, your your assessment both that Billy Gilmore wasn't the reason Norwich City lost that game, as maybe the, the debate has turned to, but equally it probably is time now for, for someone like Jacob Sorensen to, to step in and, and let's see what he's got in the last six games, because he is a permanent Norwich City player and he is ultimately going to be a player who possibly is going to be around next season. So it makes more sense to look to develop him at a higher level, ready for maybe the championship next season. And and by the same token, I suppose the, the flip side of that is maybe, there. Uh, maybe I'll let you chip in on this pad before we we hear a little bit from, from Kieran Dow. Um, Maybe there's a financial element to this as well, because as we understand it, the more Billy Gilmore uh, plays, and if he hits a certain amount of games, the loan fee that Norwich paid Chelsea at the end of the season is significantly reduced to a point where if it's about 30 games, I think it's it's effectively a, a free loan, isn't it? Um, do you think that's playing a part in, in, in the decision to persist with Billy Gilmore, even when the season maybe is, is ebbing away from Norwich City?
1: i I can't see it. I can't see it. I mean, um, as you rightly say, that is the figure, 30 threshold. Now, we, we we would assume that that's not 30 starts, that's just 30 times on the pitch in the Premier League. Um, you know, in which case, he's not going to hit that. So, so they're not going to, I'm pretty sure, I'm not checked, but I'm pretty sure he won't hit 30. So, he's not going to, they're not going to run the clock down to zero as it is. So, if you're talking in terms of the tens of thousands between him playing now and and not playing, then, uh, you know, they're playing for far bigger stakes than that, really. Um, So, no, I I think what that boils down to is, and, you know, you mapped it out there, you know, people can choose to look at elements of his game, but then maybe Dean Smith is looking at those metrics you talked about in terms of his chance creation, his ability on set pieces, uh, and maybe feels that he is still better than Sorensen in that regard. And, And if, in the context of the game where it was very delicately poised at 2-2, a little bit of quality from Gilmore, a threaded pass here, a set piece there, you know, that could have made the difference. And, um, you know, ultimately, it hasn't made the difference enough, I think, over the entire piece this season to to warrant a saying it's been a successful loan, certainly not from Norwich's point of view. Billy Gilmore will probably get far more out of it as he goes back to Chelsea. Um I'm not necessarily seeing him closer to Chelsea's first team, if I'm honest, on on the body of what he's done this season. So it will be interesting to see what next for him. You know, whether he has to go out again on loan. Um, but you know, fundamentally, I don't think the financial consideration comes into Dean Smith's thinking. Uh, uh, could you see like Stuart Weber basically saying, "I know you're not overly keen on Billy Gilmore, Dean, but but we need to play him to run down the, you know, to save us a few quid." Um, I know it's a self-funded model and I know every every pound is probably a prisoner, but not to that extent. I don't, I don't think, I don't see that. I don't, think, I don't see Norwich's finances being shot to the degree where, you know, uh, Billy Gilmore um, plays or not. And I mean, on that point, we were discussing it in the car journey going up that the way James Madison is going and the numbers, uh, not to draw a parallel between Billy Gilmore and James Madison in terms of their effectiveness in a Norwich shirt, because I think we know where that goes, but, if, if as increasingly it looks likely, he may be engineering himself into a position where he's going to be coveted this summer with those numbers. Why wouldn't he be? Norwich have a, a very healthy sell on in, in the original deal that took him to Leicester, and that might be a windfall of four or five million pounds. I know that's hypothetical, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. And um, you know, if that is the case, and that, as I say, allied to whatever else they've done in terms of the finances, and we're led to believe that they will be in a relatively healthy state come the end of the season, despite the pandemic um, drain on the finances and and sort of recovering from that and the seasonal bit of no uh, revenue inside the stadiums, that they are going to be in a good place financially for Norwich this coming summer. So if that is the case, then, yeah, that's that's a non-starter for me that Billy Gilmore continues to play
0: through financial considerations. No, I agree. It's just a, a point that I've seen made. So I think it's important for us to, to debunk that. Um, here is a, a little bit of audio from from Kieran Dow then, as, uh, as we said, fairly influential um, it, well, in the last two games, really, but certainly at Old Trafford. Yesterday, uh, I caught up with him in the Old Trafford Tunnel of all places. So uh, this is what he had to say about the game. A couple for me, I mean it feels like in the last couple of weeks you've been as a team better at kind of counter-attacking and, uh, and hurting teams in transition do, do you feel that as someone who's, who's playing in, in the side at the moment?
2: Um, I think we, we see ourselves as this season as that being one of our strengths counter-attacking um, and we've, I think it's that first pass has been good, once we've won the ball back for the transition that's that's probably been the sort of key to good counter-attacks um, and then getting numbers up behind Timu and me lot to, to sort of sustain the attack, that's the most important thing there.
0: Yeah. You, you mentioned Timu and, and Me Lot there. Do you do you feel as a player it's it's helpful? I mean you spoke about it last week
2: that they stretch the game, does that give you more space to, to do what you want to do and come short and to try and connect it? Definitely, yeah. Um, I think that's it's it's vital to have that balance. Um the gaff was always on about um one coming short and the other two going deeper. Um so that's that's what I I like to come short, sort of thing. So it's nice that they also like to go deep. So it works quite well, yeah.
0: Do, do you feel there's an? I know we kind of spoke about opportunities, but it felt like last year you had Emmy Buendia and Todd Campwell to really compete with. They obviously aren't here for, for now for whatever reason. Do you feel like there's a real opportunity for you in the long term to, to stake your claim in this team now?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, what, since I've, once I'm playing, I want some play, and I feel like that's your chance to sort of take that opportunity. So I'll keep trying to do that. Yeah.
0: And I've got to ask you about the pass as well for Team moves goal. I mean, that's some vision, isn't it? I mean, you, you must take great pride when he when he goes and, and finishes it off.
2: Yeah it was made up we finished it um, <laughs> because like I said we, we knew there was chances and they were the sort of patterns we were talking about at half time to, to do um, but no uh, yeah I was buzzing when we finished that
0: bit Last one uh, Newcastle next week what, what do you take from that into, into that game
2: at Carroll Road next weekend? Uh, I think we've showed well, that we, we can score we scored two goals at Old Trafford um, so Newcastle probably aren't as strong as, as Man United so um That's that's a positive going
0: into that game, yeah. We live Norwich City. The builder. The passion. The drama. The last minute winners. The debate. That's why we've created Pink Pink and Plus.
1: The app that takes you beyond the headlines. With exclusive columns, blogs, podcasts and videos, we've got you covered. Subscribe today. Pink and Plus. Stay ahead of the game.
0: Download now on the App Store and on Google Play. There we go. It doesn't get much better for a Scouser than scoring at Old Trafford, does it? You shouldn't imagine. And uh, yeah, I think he uh, he definitely enjoyed that, albeit maybe not the result. But Pad, I mean, uh, talking about another uh, attacking player, and, and he seems to go under the radar, maybe not just by external people, some people internal as well. Timu Puki, I mean, 10 Premier League goals in a Premier League team that has only scored 22 times this season. He's it, become the first Norwich player to to reach double figures in, in, in successive seasons in the Premier League era. Uh, as we must caveat all of these discussions around Timi Puki, a free transfer as well. He's he's some player, isn't he? I mean, you, you look at some of the players that he is is level now or even has overtaken. I mean, for all the praise that West Ham have got this season, he, he scored more goals than Mikel Antonio and Jared Bowen. He's level with Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling, Jamie Vardy. He's he's a real talent, isn't he, tim Pukki? And it feels like it, it probably doesn't get mentioned enough quite how good he is.
1: No, definitely not. And I'll, I think I have to hold my hands up, really, because I have to be honest, it... This time of the project restart season where he looked shot, you know, of confidence, of form, of kind of even the physical sort of spark and, and crackle to his play, that that electricity, the way he moves across the pitch, Um it just looked like um, that that had all sort of dissipated, really, and then probably the grind of how that season unravelled for Norwich had really, you know, took its toll. Worth caveating, of course, that halfway through that season he got that foot injury I think from memory at Leicester and and he never seemingly looked to be the same player again irrespective of the backdrop of obviously the team was struggling and going in the wrong direction but you know my concern was that had we seen the best days of him and, and I think since then just had a look there he scored 31 goals for club and country last season another championship title winner's medal in his back pocket and this season as you've, as you've mapped out there Connor you know to go double figures in a team which, until probably very recently, has not been configured to get the very best out of him. A struggling team, a team propping up the division, a team heading back to the Championship. Um, It really is phenomenal. And uh, it's a testament to that man, really, and his staying power. I think, um, you know, it was very premature indeed, maybe two years ago, thinking that his better days were behind him. He he looks still to be, as, as the numbers prove, but as Dean Smith said, you know, he also mapped out yesterday his general play, the the intelligence of his movement, the the ability to to really give to you know established international centre backs in Maguire and Lindelof a lot of problems. Um, how he links the play, not only now that he's getting serviced and he can go on and be a goal threat, but you know how he link. I mean, he, you know the assist for Dal, that's him coming short, linking with Yanulis, getting in behind again, intelligent movement, and then the composure and the calmness to to clip that ball across. Because too often this season we've seen Norwich in very promising positions in the final third, and that, that final cross or pass is just awry. And um, you know, that precision, more often than not, is is not there for Norwich, but he certainly possesses that. Um and he's just, you know, we all know about his character and 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 the, the type of person he is. He's just um, you know, he is by some measure Stuart Weber's best sign, and I don't think there's any debate about that. And, and you know, that's probably even before you get to the fact that he was a free transfer. Um, so the finance we just talked there in, this, in that segment about Gilmore and the financials well the financials around Puky uh, astonishing really um, that that was yeah that was an, uh, a staggering piece of business and uh, just underlines maybe since how precarious recruitment is because you could, you know not e- sadly not every signing you make will turn out to be Timu Pookie. and uh, if it was then then the game would be very easy so credit to him. Credit to, to Norwich as well, originally. And then finding a coach in Farker who, who very swiftly realised that we've got a special player on our hands. We have to set this team up around him. And, of course, the relationship he he forged with Buendia. And that's that's what we need to see now. Smith's job now, given it looks, from what all parties are intimating, he will be here next season, that is to find him the right midfield framework within which we can continue to see him score goals. I mean, he's 32 now. Uh, he'll be 33 by this time next season. But there is nothing to suggest that his powers are dimming now and, and, and that if he still has the hunger and the appetite and and you feel that is the case because of the way he's playing at the minute, um, then you continue to rely on him as the main man. And and I just hope then that it also then buys Smith a bit of time because inevitably he's not going to go on forever and there will have to be a transition. But it can be more phased and, and more uh, evolutionary than right, okay, we now need... Right, Timu's coming out of the side for whatever reason. um, Who the hell is going to score Norwich goals in the quantity he scored them? And and if he's still there and around the place next season in the Championship with the right midfielders around him, as long as he steers steers clear of injury, um, I see no reason why he won't be into a very healthy figure of goals again. And if he does that, um, he's going to edge ever further up those goal-scoring charts for Norwich. And embellish what is already i i would f- feel um, a very special place amongst the hearts of many norwich fans
0: yeah i think it's, it's some incredible numbers i mean i mentioned it in the, in, in the premier league I'll, I'll read you some of the players who are above him kevin de bruyne has 11 goals which is one more than than timu puki um harry kane two more goals than timu puki this season um it, ronaldo has has five more mane only only three more goals ivan tony and wilfred zaha um with with two more goals and one goal more than of Pukki, respectively. So, I mean, some players that are above him, but but equally there's a lot of players who he's ahead of this season for a team that, as we said, in which he's been starved of service. The opportunities to score goals have been relatively limited. I mean, those moments like Kieran Dow's pass um, this season have been few and far between. He's lost Emi Buendir, he's lost Todd Campwell the fact he still scored 10 goals for Norwich City in the Premier League this season is is truly remarkable. I mean, you, you talk about the overall kind of Norwich City debate. He's now one short of, of Grant Holt in terms of uh, of all-time goals for, for the club. He needs four more to overtake Ralph Hunt and enter the top five of Norwich City's all-time top goal scorers. I mean, it's history in the making that that we're watching Timu Puki produce at Norwich City. And that's before you kind of think about the prospect of another championship season in which he's he scored 20 in, in, in both times he's played at that level. There's no reason to suggest he couldn't do the same if he's still at Norwich City beyond the summer. Um, he he really could become an all-time Norwich City great. We We could be looking at someone who could even rival the top three all-time record goal scorers at Norwich, which would be truly remarkable for for someone who you know for all of that context that you've spoken there. Signed on a free transfer was a lot of people when he did sign was were kind of thinking who who is this guy? And now we we're, we're talking about a player who's competing with some of the very best in terms of goals in the Premier League in a team that sits at the bottom of it by by a distance.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, you just and it will only be when you get that. You know when when he when he does eventually come to the end and he moves on and there'll be a bit of distance put between you know his career at Norwich and how he's revered almost um, certainly respected that that you will and that you will have an even greater appreciation of, of what a special player he has been for the football club and uh, you know it's just it's just a shame really that you know a player like that that they couldn't have they couldn't have. Managed to to meld a, a team which could stay up because I think if they had done in nineteen twenty, I, th- I think he would have gone on and probably got even better and 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 grown as a player because he, he clearly you can see that what he's doing now at the age of thirty two, he still has that drive and that hunger. He's not satisfied with those type of numbers and those type of metrics. We've not even got into what he's done for Finland. Finland's record appearance, uh, well certainly record goal scorer. I'm not sure if he is a record appearance holder. He can't be too far off. I know he's, he's clocked up hundred caps. And um, and but the but the one there, the column that matters there is record goal scorer. He had Yari Lemarnen, um, and I'm thinking that somebody else whose name has escaped me now, but uh, for Finland, but a tremendous quality of player for his international country as well. And and yet he's he's in an illustrious company there. And um yeah there's no doubt about it. He he will Go down as a special player in in a special period for the club. You know, you you span back nearly 120 years, two two titles uh, in two years, uh, two Premier League seasons as well, two top flight seasons in Old Money. You know that that is that is front rank in terms of Norwich's chapters and history, and and he has played well, arguably the leading role really over the entire piece, and. Um, I'm pretty sure when Weber and, and Farker went and recruited him and persuaded him to come to England and try his luck in the championship, they thought they were getting a good player. They certainly didn't think they were getting this type of output. And, uh, you know, you just hope that he is still here next season and that he can continue, as he has done, to continue scoring goals, setting new marks. And hopefully, you know, there's 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 a chapter or two further on from that. But, yeah, there's there's no doubt. I mean, it's... It's, for me now, it's probably he should be ahead of Hanley, although it, it's still a bit of a close race in terms of the player of the season voting, I'm sure, in the eyes of many Norwich supporters. But I, I just think now, as good as Hanley has been, is at, at present, I, I just think um, a striker in this side not really set up to service him and in, 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 in the amount of chances he has had to rely on to produce those numbers um, for me. If I did have a vote, and if I was casting it, I think it would be for the goat.
0: Yeah, me too. Actually, me too. I've got the uh, the Finland caps in front of me. Uh, he's he's fourth at the moment. He's behind uh, Jonathan Johansson, uh, Sammy Hippier, and of course Yari Littmanen, who has 137. Puki on 102. Uh, Johansson uh, got 105. Hippier 106. So I think there's a possibility that he probably ends his career as maybe the uh, the second. Uh, most capped Finnish player, but it's going to be probably a tall order now at his age to maybe uh, to maybe surpass Lipmanen. But we shall see. I think people said that about the goal tally as well. But there we go. I think in summary, Timo Puki is a very good footballer, and Norwich City are very lucky to have him. I think that's that's basically what that that segment comes down to. And uh, and Kieran Dow again said uh, said the same after the game. Um, if if we end then Pad by looking ahead to next weekend, it's uh, a home game against. Newcastle. Again, we don't really know what position Norwich City are going to be in because Everton play in midweek and uh, as we said they could stretch their their lead um, or lead, they, they could extend the gap to, to 10 points over Norwich City which would, would be pretty fatal, wouldn't it, if it isn't already at 7. Um, is it just about replicating this level of performance that we've seen in the last two games now for Norwich City? Is that the name of the game in the last six games and for Dean Smith to I suppose begin to in bed, as he has done in the last couple of games, a real sense of identity and purpose to this Norwich City side that maybe has been missing a little bit in the weeks before that?
1: Well, all of those, yeah. But it needs to be about results as well now, because ultimately where, where Norwich are heading, which looks like the Championship, it'll be all about results. It'll be less about styles of play and identity. It'll be relentlessly, remorselessly putting wins after wins after wins. And you know, you, you need to have a... a that culture in this group, and, and I'm not, am not expecting or, or uh, entertaining the idea that they're going to now go win, win, win for the last six games. If they do that, then it's to be very interesting at the bottom of the table. But I certainly do think that, you know, over the over what remains now, they need to pick up two or three, maybe more positive results in terms of adding draws or wins to the column, and then you know it does it does for me put some clear separation between maybe two seasons ago where they just, you know, just, I don't know, there was, you know, it was the project restart period. There was no fans in the stadiums. We were all, you know, far more preoccupied with other matters in this world. But, you know, in terms of a purely footballing context or a parallel, it would be different. It would feel different. It wouldn't feel they were limping uh, meekly back to the championship with their tails between their legs and what's to come. And 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 then, of course, the overlap or the overhang the following season, again, still with no fans in the stadium that time around but but still that kind of uh you know having to dispel a lot of doom and gloom and pessimism maybe um that could they repeat what they had done previously which thankfully they went on to do I, I think the mood music would be transformed completely if norwich were to continue in this vein performance wise results wise and and then then it's irrefutable evidence then if you've posted a final block of 10 Premier League games against good top-end opponents, against teams around you, teams in between. And you can actually point to a, a curve which is heading in a positive direction, both in terms of performance, in terms of style, in terms of identity, in terms of personnel looking comfortable with each other on the pitch and on the ball particularly, and crucially results into the bargain, then, you know, it's right, bring it on, bring the championship on, let's get it right in the transfer window, let's improve this squad again. And and then let's build on what Smith and Shakespeare have put in place, which will be a platform then for something which is a bit more cast in their image, certainly. And, uh, you know, Newcastle, the next one, and that's that's very interesting because, you know, my mind goes back to the reverse fixture. I think that was four games or so into Smith's reign. And we all know how that one panned out on Tyneside that night. Eddie Howe just gone in there. Norwich were above, I think, Newcastle when he went to them in the table. They have a man sent off 10 minutes in 80 minutes on against 10 men and they're reliant on again the main man timu puki whacking in a wonderful equalizer late on but you know what's happened since newcastle have gone from strength to strength they've navigated a january window how to give his credit has really molded that team um to pull very well clear of relegation trouble that they've got no issues now they'll be in the division next season what would have happened if you know Norwich had got the win that night? Who knows now? If if some buts, unfortunately. But um, what you would like to see when the two principals resume at Carrow Road this weekend, coming now, is that uh, more evidence for me of Burnley. You know, part part of the United result, but certainly the the vibrancy and the uh, the the inf- enthusiasm, the energy, the intensity that they showed at Carrow Road against Burnley. We need to see that again um, from the off against Newcastle. And, and I'm sure if they do, that those home fans will row in behind that. And uh, and if Norwich can go on and get another positive result, then again, it's all about belief now and trying to build something from a, a very fragile, disappointing, frustrating season. Um, and if they can do that, then I think we can hope for better in, in the in the in the months and weeks ahead. But ultimately, you know it. It won't it won't paper over what hasn't gone right this season and, and there still needs to be irrespective of how the season ends now for me, there still needs to be a very clear uh, acceptance that they've got things wrong and and, and the, the areas that they've got things wrong. and then again, a reset and, and trying to go again and trying to trying to turn the cycle again in a more positive direction. They've done it before under this management in terms of the strategic management. And uh, they will have that challenge again. And uh, as Dean Smith says, you know, it's all about climbing mountains now. Hmm,
0: exactly. We'll, we'll leave it on that though. Maybe maybe all you need, as Newcastle will prove... Um... In to to get yourselves out of a Premier League relegation race is uh, is eighty million pounds and uh, and a state backed ownership group that that tends to be the way to to get yourself out of trouble but we'll see uh, we'll see just how that pans out at Carrow next weekend I think you're you're spot on it's uh, and and to be fair I mean you, you speak about fans responding I felt they did that against Burnley and you saw the scenes at the end at Old Trafford yesterday where all of those Norwich City fans were on their feet applauding the effort that the players have put in. It's about performances, it's about pride, it's about offering um, optimism for the future. And if Norwich City can continue in the vein that we've seen, certainly in the last two games, then I think everyone will bounce into the summer feeling a little bit more optimistic than perhaps they were a couple of weeks ago um, just at the end of the show I think we can we, we should probably apologize for not having a podcast last week but as you've noticed it is just myself and Paddy at the moment so the workload uh, upon us is, uh, is is increased somewhat but um, we will hopefully make these uh, regular for you and obviously hopefully we'll have a uh, well we will have a new member of the team um, soon enough so that that will make life a lot easier as well so thank you for staying with us of course uh, make sure you check out the Pinkham Plus app 199 a month, uh, you can get a free trial for a month as well at the moment. Plenty of exclusive content on there, both around the match day and during the week as well. As we uh, as we continue to to cover Norwich City um, for the remaining six games of the season, and one thing is for sure, even if the season is fizzling out in terms of prospects of survival, it's certainly not uh, it's certainly not dull covering Norwich City, uh, is it? Thank you very much for listening. Happy Easter to you all as well, and we'll see you again next week. See you soon.